Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. We're your hosts, Rachel Rood and Robin Rood. This week we're talking about sports with sports medicine doctor Aaron Wolkoff. He tells us about his love of playing soccer and helping his community become healthy and active. We sat down with Aaron at B'nai Shuren Congregation in Pepper Pike. Aaron Wolkoff, thanks for joining us on Cleveland Schmooze. Thank you. <laughs> So we like to start every episode by talking a little bit about your Jewish background and sort of how did you grow up? What kind of traditions did you celebrate? So um, I'm born and raised through and through from a Jewish family. Um, I've been a member of B'nai Shuren since I was born. Uh, my parents got married here in the shul. So this you know, temple has been a place of mind, you know, as a second home for, I mean, since I can long remember. Mm-hmm. So I've, I was raised um, conservative and I still kind of practice uh, conservatively. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife, uh, she is Jewish and comes from a conservative slash modern orthodox-ish background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we keep a, a, a Jewish home and a kosher home and... Um, yeah, and that's hopefully the way it will stay. And as we, you know, start a family and everything, um, we'll hopefully keep those customs and traditions and um, move them, you know, and pass them down from, uh, you know, to the next generation. Where did you go to high school? So high school, Beachwood. I was through and through Beachwood from kindergarten all the way till 12th grade. So going to Kenyon College, that would have been a complete reversal in terms of your, like, there are many Jews who go to Beechwood. There are not that many Jews in college. Did you sort of feel was like, an, like an outsider? Um, not from a Jewish perspective. It was uh, on purpose. Um, so going through Beechwood and everything, I mean, uh, growing up in this community and, and being here, you know, there's the same type of people and personalities, and I wanted something different. I want to get away. And so I actually went to a school that... The, the prior Beechwood person that went before me was five or six years before me. So, mm. um, so you I, made sure I, like, you didn't want to go with any of Right. I wanted, I wanted to change. I wanted something new and different. Mm-hmm. And yes, I knew that they had a small Jewish undergrad, you know, uh, students there, which was something totally different than coming from Beechwood where, mm-hmm. I mean, 95% right. of my, you know, classmates are all Jewish and <laughs> right. knew everybody. So it was, it was definitely something that I wanted from, to get away from Beechwood. But when I was there, realized that it, it was just not, uh, I don't want to say religious enough, but at least what I was looking for from a Jewish perspective for me. Because you keep kosher and that's probably got to be really hard. In a non-Jewish right. environment. Did you do that yeah. in college as well? Well, so growing up, keeping kosher in and out of the house, then going to college, and then, you know, starting to do things like a college kid, you know, it turned out to be like, oh, you know, why is my stomach always hurting? And realized <laughs> that, you know, after every meal when I'm having ice cream, you know, maybe not the smartest thing when I'm having chicken or meat or something like that. <laughs> So 
So I started within about two weeks, I realized that what I was doing and then that was it. And so, um, yes, they didn't have a kosher kitchen, but I would not mix meat and milk when I was there. So that's kind of how I keep it now outside of the house. But inside of the house, obviously, we, we buy everything that's kosher. So, yeah, that's kind of what I did in undergrad, um, you know, for the four years that I was down there. And then you went to medical school. Right. So I went to medical school at Ohio University. We ha- I probably had maybe two other Jewish doctors that were with me in my class. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of probably 140 of us, um, mm-hmm. there was three of us total, mm-hmm. um, which is probably a lot different than, you know, a generation ago where maybe there would be 15 or 20, you know, even probably even more than that in a, you know, graduating, you know, medical school class of Jewish doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the times are changing where there's not many Jews that, I mean, there are Jews still going into medicine, but not as many as there were, you know, like my parents age and right. stuff like that um so going down to ou i was too busy to go to hillel for that matter i mm-hmm. was just studying but i kept a you know kosher apartment so my roommate who his background which was really funny his father was jewish and his mother is catholic but he converted to catholicism and he was raised oh. um very um catholic and so but he knew that his father was jewish mm-hmm. and knew a little bit about Judaism and keeping a kosher place and he was all for it so you know living with him for two years when I was down in Athens was not that big of a deal yeah. mm-hmm. um, keeping like a kosher apartment sure, and, and stuff probably taught him a lot of stuff too. yeah and, and, and it turns <laughs> out he married a Jew oh my gosh <laughs> so I mean it's just you know it's just how so it is so is he still Catholic or did he go back to Judaism um, I, don't, I don't know you know I think he's I think he's still Catholic um, I don't know what they're doing in their house house and what they're going to do for their family. What about your parents? What were their careers? So my father's a physician and my mom was an anesthesiologist assistant. She's now retired. Um, so my family's been involved in medicine for I mean, forever. I mean, my dad was a doctor. His father was a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm going on third generation being a physician. Wow. So there's something in our bloodstream that keeps us within <laughs> the medicine. Now, my brothers, they're totally not in medicine. They mm-hmm. are all business. So they didn't. They must have get, didn't get that inheritance in their So are genes. you the favorite because you went <laughs> and became a doctor? Um, my parents say they love all three of us equally. <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you in the, are you oldest, middle, or youngest? I'm the oldest. Okay. I'm the oldest. This, yeah. What made you want to get into medicine? Um, so, I mean, growing up playing a lot of sports, um, I had many different injuries. I probably had seven or eight different broken bones. Really? So, what? It, uh, what was your well, sport? I, well, I played soccer, I swam, I played basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. you know, ran track, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I broke my foot, I broke my wrist, I bro- <laughs> broke my thumb. Um, Did they hurt? Do you remember these? Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> After the first one, then I knew every time I broke a bone. Um, <laughs> then I was like, Dad, just tape me up let me finish the game and we'll go get x-rays after the game and that's wow. how that's how wow. it was yeah so um so you know i've always been exposed to medicine and i remember growing up 
Um, we used to go visit my mom when she would take call down at the hospital and she would she would be there for 24 hours So she would spend the night in the hospital We would go down and visit her and you know play around in like the little lounge and stuff like that in college Once I knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete <laughs> then I was like I better figure out what I need to do um, Wait, Was that an actual interest? Of actually becoming a professional athlete? Yes, uh, but I was never like highly recruited to play like D1 soccer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so but soccer I, was what you wanted to soccer do? Soccer was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And if I didn't want to, if I couldn't play soccer professionally, then the question was, you know, could I coach? And then, you know, which is, you know, a, a process of coaching and getting the license and going even international to coach on higher professional teams. Yeah. It's a lot of work and a lot of effort, but, uh, you know, to start locally at high schools and work your way up to the collegiate level and then professionally takes some time. So I think that's when I made the decision that I wanted to do something in medicine. Mm -hmm. And then over my time in undergrad, just having different experiences, shadowing different physicians, um, doing research, you know, I got to be exposed to a lot of different professions, um, which then made my decision a little bit easier um, that I knew I wanted to become a physician. What was the grossest part of learning to be a doctor? <laughs> um, so I loved, I loved surgery and I, I me experiencing broken bones and stuff. I, I love that. But I think the dermatology, looking at all the different skin conditions, that is something I could not uh, stomach. Um, you know, I would, I could spend 10, 12, you know, hours in the operating room and looking at people's guts or fixing bones and stuff like that. Um, but it, for whatever reason, it was the skin stuff that I could not handle mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Reason. Oh yeah, that's gross. So share with us what kind of doctor you are. Uh, so I am a sports medicine doctor. I'm a non-operative surgeon. So I see a lot of concussions, fractures, arthritis. Um, I do a lot with um, injections and viscosupplementation supplementation and stem cells and regenerative injections. Um, so that's kind of my practice uh, right now. What is your t- age range? Um, I see, I think the youngest I've seen was maybe a two or three year old and the oldest I've seen has been people in their 90s. So I see everybody and anybody for any kind of ache or pain. When you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines, including J-Style, Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free so what do you do with stem cells that sounds really interesting so now in the orthobiologic world we're looking to um reverse arthritis or slow down arthritis so to prevent you know like knee replacements and hip replacements and shoulder replacements so i was hoping you'd grow me some muscles so i could run a marathon yeah a little (laughs) bit different a little bit different so there's a lot of studies looking at um how to regrow cartilage because once we figure that out we can really start preventing a lot of um, wear and tear on our joints um, and slow down the frequency of having knee replacements and hip replacements. Mm. It's the one thing in our body that we can't regrow, and once it's damaged, it's damaged. Mm. What's the what's the prevention? What is the stopping? Why, um, why are we not achieving this? 
Well, uh, we're just researching. This is something brand. I mean, I won't say brand new, but it's something that we've been looking at over the last fifteen to twenty years. So we can't three D a new cartilage. Not yet. Oh. Not three D print it yet. So I mean, because then you, there's you know there's all the rejections and stuff. So we're trying to see if we can take our own cells and regenerate it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot coming down the pipeline with gene therapy. You know, looking at, you know, if you have the marker for DNA, can we change your genetic mm-hmm. code so you're not going to get it? So there's a lot that's coming down the yeah. the, the work, so to speak. And I think that's probably what's going to happen over the next 30 to 40 years and change uh, a lot of how even orthopedics is practiced. Okay, so I just turned 60. We got to... <laughs> we got to speed gotta it up, speed a, little up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With concussions, I know in the last like 10 years, we've just learned so much about how repeated concussions can affect brain function and CTE and all that. Knowing what you know and seeing the people that you see, are you, if you do have kids, like, are you ever going to let them play? Like, Great question. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I get that a lot, a lot from a lot of my patients, parents, so to speak. Um, you know, with my background and stuff, I mean, I, there is a role of playing team sports and doing, you know, individual sports and I'm all for that. And, you know, hopefully, you know, God willing that when I have kids that they'll want to play sports, Mm -hmm. uh, but there are definitely certain sports I will not let them play. Like football, football. football's off the table without a doubt. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Soccer, I'm all for it. You know, a lot of people say, well, you're going to hit the head. head." But here's the thing, and and this is, this has come from experience (laughs) since I've played 30 years of soccer. When, when you're taught to head the ball properly, you're not doing damage. It's when... It's when you mishead it or the most um, what I see professionally when kids come in that they play soccer and they have concussions is because they get kicked in the head, they get elbowed in the head or they're going up for a header and somebody takes their legs out and then they, you know, land awkwardly and their head hits the ground. It's I on a rare occasion I hear it's because the ball hit my head or I or I went up for a header and I and I misheaded it, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's studies that show which sports are you know, worse for concussions compared to other sports, depending on gender. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, like, let's say high school kids, you know, for guys, it's, you know, it's football, basketball, lacrosse. Those are the top three um, sports for concussions. Hmm. And then, and then, do people get hit with the sticks? Sticks and balls. Oh, man. And, and, they don't wear a helmet for lacrosse? uh, Guys, they do. And women, they don't. Which don't don't ask me why that's right, that you know allowed or sense. not like that. <laughs> uh, but there's different you know there's different rules when it comes to guys and girls lacrosse. In, in guys you can I don't want to say cross check, but you know hit them. And girls mm-hmm. you're not allowed to hit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at least in the high school and college it's a little bit different. And girls it's different. You know basketball it, basketball is is a high one. Soccer is a high one for girls. Um, and then lacrosse. Gymnastics. You know, you'd be surprised. I don't see that many gymnasts, but I do see a lot of cheerleaders. Really? Because they're falling off those towers. (laughs) Well, even those that, well, what I see is the cheerleaders in high school, what they do is they're they're positioned right underneath the basket, right? Because there's not that much Mm. room in gymnasium.
stadiums in a lot of these small schools, and they get hit by balls. Aww. That's that's what I see. Move the cheerleaders. Yeah, that's what I see. <laughs> so, uh, and you'd be you'd be surprised. I don't have that many dancers and and gym, and gymnasts for that matter. Once in a while, I'll have I'll have you know one or two, but not as much. So do you have uh, high school teams that you are the team position for? Correct. Yeah, so I have a specific high school that's mine, and then um, our hospital is affiliated with, I believe, four schools. Okay. So there's other doctors that, w- that are within our system that, are, that we partner with that are their team physicians. Do you like doing the high school level, or would you ever want to do, like, be the doctor for like the browns or for you know a professional team um i love yeah i love doing high school i think high school is very fun my dream job would be manchester united's team physician (laughs) that that would that would be my dream that's my dream uh no i i I can't play on that level but i would love to be their team that if they called me i'd be on the first flight over over the pond so to speak So, you know, the equivalent here would be to be like the Columbus crew, you know, professional soccer team, where if Cleveland finally gets us, you know, a professional soccer team back, that would be, um, you know, what I would shoot for. Wasn't the World Cup coming to North America in sometime soon? Yeah. um, So then wouldn't they have to come? 2022. No. So that is... um, so the good teams that, that, that that's uh, international team. So that's like the U.S., you know, France, England, this kind of stuff. So uh, this team is part of um, part of one of the English the English professional oh, right, right. Uh, leagues. I don't know there. anything about sports. <laughs> we happened to a vacation in Europe this June, mm-hmm. and every hotel we went to, we were in uh, Zurich and Berlin and Austria, and every hotel we stayed at, the World Cup, it was during that time. Right. So mm-hmm. in the hotel lobby of every hotel we stayed at, everybody yeah, came. It's... They would put a big mm-hmm. screen, treat, remember? Yeah. Big screen TV in the lobby, mm-hmm. drinks at the bar, mm-hmm. and the whole place was crazy. Yep. It's, it is, you know... Uh... We were in one country, I think Austria, when they won one of the nights, and they oh, were like honking <laughs> in the streets for hours. It was, it was fam- crazy. It was fabulous. <laughs> it was you, know, you know, they say you know, in America, you know, you know, football, baseball are really the two big popular sports and stuff, but soccer is, is by far the most popular sport and favorite sport globally right. um but in in europe and everywhere else it is the it is the number one sport by far hmm. yeah. final question mm-hmm. what do you love most about your job and what makes you feel the most fulfilled the best thing what i love about my job is um i love that patients want to come to me and they want to get better uh, they want to have success to get back to doing their sport that they love or they want to be healthy and they want to feel good. Um, and so the good thing is that I can see the fruits of their labors by helping them out, um, get through a tough time and be successful on you know the, the other end and have that be a stepping stone for their overall health and well-being. 
Um, the biggest things that I like is when, you know, I can see my high school kids on the sideline and they come up to me and they say hello and they ask me how I'm doing mm -hmm. and to see them out there and playing, you know, from and returning back from an injury, whatever they've had, mm -hmm. um, getting their parents to come in cause they've been injured and seeing them. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the camaraderie that I have with my school and with my athletes that are great. And then with the community that I'm in, seeing the patients getting better and having the motivation to walk or, you know, swim or do something, physical activity to keep them in, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Do you have a recommendation for, I mean, walk 30 minutes a day? I mean, do you, is there something you... So, I mean, I, I don't I don't have something that I tell my patients at all. I mean, there are societies out there that say, you know, we should have 150 minutes of um, of activity a week, rather that's five days of 30 minutes of walking right. or, you know, being on the elliptical or swimming. If you, you know, break it down, you know, you know, four days of 25 minutes. So, I mean, I usually tell my patients, find something that you enjoy doing. If it's yoga, if it's Pilates, if it's, you know, riding a bike, if it's swimming laps, if it's playing sports and do that. Um, you know, three or four times a week and do it for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And that's what I, you know, and that's kind of what I preach. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you good. for having me. I hey, really appreciate fun. it. It was fun. And maybe you'll have me back in the future. <laughs> about something different. <laughs> Find another topic. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.